If your husband is abusive, it can be really, really difficult to get him into therapy for help. And yet this leaves the wife in a very difficult place, not only because of the abuse, but because usually the burden of mending the relationship and the problems are placed on her. That's part of the abusive dynamic. So how do you get past the control and manipulation? The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a delicate episode for you this week. This is episode number 181. And today we're going to be talking about how to get your abusive husband or wife into therapy. The trick here is that in these kind of situations, the blame has been laid for too long at the feet of the abuse survivor. So it's really challenging to safely and effectively motivate the abuser to seek help. Right, right. It's part of the confusion of the situation, right? Yeah. Hey there, everybody. Before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed nagging. That's worth going back and checking out. Oh, Caleb, I like... By the way, make sure you go back and check that out. (laughs) I gave our... I need you to go back and check that out. Are you hilarious? I'm sorry. I gave our builder a little lecture about this. Did you? Yep. That's good. Because I was nagging him and he wasn't listening. So I told him it was his fault. (laughs) (laughs) That's us. Empowering nasty ones around the globe. Okay. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. So, if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, and most of all, we offer hope. And I do think that even in very challenging situations like this, not the nagging part necessarily, but like getting the abusive spouse into therapy, there can be hope there too. Yeah. So, Caleb, let's get into the topic of getting an abusive husband into therapy. Yeah, for sure. And because this is like a particularly difficult topic or challenging one. Mm -hmm. I just want to remind folks that since podcasts can be subscribed to and accessed all over the world, remember that our episodes should be considered a self-help tool. And we are thankful for the people that do tell us about the help that they receive. Mm -hmm. But just remember, it doesn't replace individual counseling or direct support from professionals or even in a situation like this, possibly even the involvement of law enforcement in your area. So if your situation is severe, you should be pursuing emergency help Mm -hmm. and establishing safety before you consider trying to intervene on your spouse at all. Mm -hmm. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But I just wanted to start by acknowledging why it can be so hard to confront an abusive husband. Okay. And I'm going to speak directly to wives in this situation, but also want to acknowledge that there can be husbands out there too, and their wives are abusive. Mm -hmm. So it does go the other way. Okay. We're just going to go with the more um, common approach just so I don't have to keep flipping pronouns back and forth. Okay. And that, you know, but that's also a very complex situation too. But the first thing is the most obvious about getting an abusive husband into getting help is that your physical safety could be at risk or even the safety of your children. In extreme cases, your life might be at risk. And again, if that's your situation, you need a safety and an escape plan. Uh, So do contact like the family violence prevention people in your area or call a national hotline, something like that. Get help right away. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're in danger right at the moment, of course, you want to dial 911. 
But another possibility is that the constant cycle of abuse in your marriage has worn you down to the point where your self-esteem is completely eroded. And so then, you know, there can be a lot of humiliation there. There's the feeling that you don't have any control over what's going on. You may feel very isolated. Those can lead a person to feeling worthless and even that you should just accept the abuse since you won't ever be able to make it stop. Wow. So that's a very hopeless place to be in. And I just want yeah. to encourage you that there, there is a way out, that there is hope, there is help available. Now, another challenge can be around control. So if there's been isolation or loss of identity or fear of violence, or if there's financial control or other kinds of restrictions that have been placed on you, it can make it very hard for you to take action there as well too. And of course, there is also the manipulative thinking that's imposed by abusers so that you may even believe the abuse is your own fault. Wow. That happens too. And then there's trauma bonding. So I'm, I'm just mentioning these just not to make it sound like it's hopeless, but just to kind of normalize some of the things that you might be facing and say that, hey, you know what? It's still a good idea to, to, to change this because this is really hard on people to be in this situation. Okay. Uh, trauma bonding. Abusive marriages often create a sense of dependency in you where your low self-esteem makes you feel that you need your abusive husband in order to survive. And in this situation, you may not confront your husband or try to convince him to get help for fear that he may leave. Or you may have no power to actually convince him since he believes you will never actually leave him. Wow. So this is really tough stuff too. And as you can imagine, finally, like hopelessness comes into play quite often, right? So long-term abuse especially can lead to a tangible sense of powerlessness, of hopelessness. And many abused wives experience symptoms of depression and mental illness where you just don't wow. have the energy to do what you need to do. And you may find yourself just believing there's no hope that your situation will improve so you won't make effort to seek help. Hmm. But I would just encourage you today that if you're listening to this and you have enough interest and care and energy to do that, that you do have enough to make the next step as well. Okay. So the question is then what can you do? Well, there's a few options to consider. One option that you could consider is police action. Now, in the case of physical abuse, police intervention can act as a very strong deterrent and also provide motivation for future change. So a study in 95 found that being arrested and prosecuted after committing domestic violence significantly reduced the likelihood of future events. Really? Yes. This is likely because after arrest, the abuser is often required to under, undergo mandatory therapy or to go to some kind of court-ordered counseling or some other form of intervention. Okay. Like they have to get the treatment before they're allowed out, basically. Okay. Depends, again, where you live and so on and so forth, of course. But as one way of getting your husband into treatment, police action is a drastic but effective strategy. Mm -hmm. Of course, that will only work if there's physical abuse. So, and I'm not encouraging you to try to incite that, but... If, you're, okay. if your husband just says nasty things. Is an emotional abuser. And it's not like a threat against your life or your safety. If okay. he's just calling you a name or kind of eroding your thinking or, or controlling finances, that's all still very abusive, very damaging behavior, but it's not something that falls under the domain of police intervention. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So of course, you know, this is a tough decision to make. You got to think about this in real life, right? In a typical neighborhood, it really exposes what's happening in your marriage to the public because mm -hmm. the police are in front of your door and your husband walks down the front path to the police car and right. cuffs, right? Right, yeah. And yet him getting caught can be a gift of grace to help him face issues that he may not otherwise have made room for, made time for facing up. Okay. 
But as you can imagine, a lot of this comes back to evaluating your own readiness to confront them. So we do have a bonus resource for wives in this situation, and normally we only supply the bonus content to our patrons. But as we've done in past episodes related to abuse, we want anyone who needs this to be able to access it freely on our Patreon page. So that post will not be locked down, but it will be on our Patreon page. And we'll just take a quick 60-second break to tell you about our patronage program. But if you need this content, do know that you can get it by going to oif.support and searching for OYF181. Just find that post on our patron, Patreon page there. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll take a quick 60-second break here. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we are talking about police action as one possible way to begin an intervention on your husband's problem. Another opportunity to consider if... I don't know if that's the right word or not, but it's during reconciliation. So remember that abuse has a cycle to it. Like typically there's a honeymoon phase and then there's a phase where you're walking on eggshells. Then there's the outburst and then there's reconciliation and then you're back into the honeymoon phase again. Mm -hmm. Now it seems that possibly the best time to motivate an abusive husband to seek help and, and engage in it is during reconciliation. Okay. That's the making up phase, right? Yeah. You might actually get some honest clarity in there. That's a good time to try. Hopefully he will engage in a program where he'll actually stay committed to it to stick with it. So just keep in mind even the timing of when you might talk to him about this. The honeymoon phase might be too late. Right. Walking on eggshells phase may not be safe. Right. So, but are you saying this even for physical abuse or do they just need to get out and... Well, that is my, that's always our recommendation is to get the safety yeah. But not all wives find themselves in a place where they believe that that's an option. Okay. So this is... Second choice. Second, okay. Gotcha. In that case. Okay. Good clarifying question though. Another way to motivate your husband into treatment is to consider a therapeutic separation. So if you've had any concern for your safety or the safety of your kids at all, you'd want to initiate the separation through an escape plan. Okay. Of course, to get out safely, but... Even in non-physically abusive marriages where there is emotional and psychological or spiritual abuse, when they're, when you're separated, what I see is that that's the point at which the husband is often most motivated to seek help and to engage in therapy. It's when his wife is separated from him. Okay. There's no covering up then what's going on. There's mm-hmm. nobody around to manipulate. There's just the obvious truth that a problem is there. And hopefully he can see that he's the one who needs help. Sometimes in that place, he's more open to being confronted with the truth or trying to figure out what's going on. And I just say for those of you that might find yourselves supporting a situation like this, be you a friend or family member or a church member, you may want to see that marriage healed. But understand that the abusive mindset has to be corrected before any marriage counseling should even begin to happen. So don't 
don't rush towards marriage counseling. The, the wife, she needs time and space to regroup. And then if the husband is in therapy, she also needs as much time as she requires to gather evidence through slowly increasing levels of interaction to see if he truly has had a change of mind and is safe to be with again. So mm. trust is built by or restored by reliable behavior over time. Okay. Keep that in mind. So don't just assume it's better for them to be together and, you know, he's changed. You need to get together. You need to do this. Yes. Or even separated and it's calmed down. Okay. Start marriage counseling. It's not like, it's so easy to buy into the idea, especially if he's the one giving you a perspective on it, that Mm. this is a marriage problem and that's him deflecting responsibility. It's such a classic abuser move. If it's the things that she's doing wrong that are the problem, that's even more of an indication that he's the problem. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Counseling interventions. Uh, There's a couple of psychotherapy models that are used in this case. Cognitive behavioral therapy is one approach where abusive husbands can learn better ways of coping with their anger, healthier ways of relating to others. And in particular, CBT for batterers, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT for short, for batterers, it also teaches them empathy and it challenges them to change either underlying beliefs about women or themselves. And that's really where this behavior is often coming out of. And so that's an especially critical component of recovery. So you okay. don't want, I would say you don't want any therapist for the husband. You want someone who really knows how to work with abusive men. Okay. There's also the, uh, what's called the Duluth model. I think that's how you say Duluth. it. I'm not familiar with this. Well, there's a city in Ontario called Duluth. So okay. I'm assuming that it's... I'm not familiar with it, but I understand it's an educational intervention based on feminist principles. And uh, whatever you think of the word feminist, this method teaches respect for women and challenges the ideas that men have the right to exert power and control over their wives, which is definitely what needs to be challenged here. Okay. And it also aims to reduce the behaviors that focus on power, control, and dominance and increase the behaviors which relate to equality and fairness. And to me, those sound like some really necessary topics to cover. Okay. That's another option as well. It's just to look around, even Google that, find out if they have certified therapists in your area, that kind of thing. Gotcha. That was now, a lot. Yeah, that was my water bill. Now, the next question that probably comes up is, are these things effective? Well, uh, like some re- the police action, the interventions, the, the, interventions. the okay. treatment methods. Yeah. A uh, study in 2004 conducted a meta review. So that's looking at, it's a study of studies to determine if these treatment methods were effective in motivating abusive husbands to change. And it was found that both intervention types reliably produced small, but significant reductions in abuse. This is kind of a mixed result here, right? Both therapy types were relatively similar in their effect and both produced effect sizes which were only slightly better than the effect of being arrested and prosecuted without getting treatment. Huh. So despite the overall modest effect of these interventions, there were some specific factors that were identified which motivate a man to enter and stay in treatment. These include, number one, creating a supportive and collaborative alliance with the couple. So... This is, so this is really why like it's critical to get the right therapist who understands this kind of situation because these are really about techniques that the therapist is going to use. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So the first thing is to create a supportive and collaborative alliance with the couple. Often like, um, because of the aggression you may choose, a therapist might want to naturally respond with aggression, Mm -hmm. Uh, but confrontational and hostile tactics reduce the abusive husband's motivation to change. Hmm. Being aggressive with him also reinforces his belief that relationships are built on anger and forcing people to do what you want. 
Really? But showing support for them and viewing them as in need of help rather than deserving of punishment enhances the outcome of interventions. Huh, interesting. The second thing that they noted was that the content of the first introductory session in the intervention was also important because it had to convince abusers to actually want to seek help. Because you can't help people that don't want help. Exactly. Huh. One study found that programs which had a day-long orientation session, which teaches practical skills as well as developing the husband's feeling of compassion, were more successful in motivating the husbands to stay in the program. So even if you're thinking Hmm. about a batterer's program, you could ask, well, if you have few options, you could ask, well, how many people stay in your program? How many complete the program? Kind of compare those between places. Oh, interesting. Yeah. For those of you that are in larger centers. Smaller centers, probably just going for something's better than nothing. Yeah. Now... The final thing to really consider here is, is your husband ready for change? According to the trans-theoretical model of behavior, any major change to your lifestyle or actions happen in a cycle of five stages. And so let's just kind of walk through these and we'll talk about which one's important. And this kind of helps you a little bit with your timing, okay? So for an abusive husband, it would look like this. The five stages are normal, but we'll give you a little bit of interpretation. First, pre-contemplation stage. In that stage, it will look like your husband not believing he has any need to change or that he's not capable of change. He might believe that about himself. That's pre-contemplation. Okay. So what is this This is a model cycle of, of behavior, right? It, this talks about um, that any major change goes through these five stages. Okay. So the first stage is basically nothing's happening. Right, because I don't need to has, change. Even though it has a label. Okay. It's not change. Okay. The second stage is contemplation which is where your husband recognizes the need to change but doesn't yet take any action. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. Third one, preparation. Husband decides to change, begins to make a plan to do so. Mm, Okay. Fourth, action. Your husband gets help and begins to change his behavior. Five, maintenance. After treatment, your husband attempts to maintain his new behavior. Also very important. Mm -hmm. I just recall, I don't have it in here, but I recall reading the other day that the likelihood is improved when men stay in touch with some kind of a batterer's program or group. Really? Yeah. It just in maintaining this just new because, behavior. You know, it's, it's like even like, you know, once those neural pathways are there, like we have to live with the fact that they exist. And so be willing to do extra work to make sure we don't go back down those neural pathways. Now, right. as you can imagine, which stage the husband is at determines how motivated they will be to attend therapy and how successful they will be in different therapy types. Now, a couple of researchers, Scott and Wolf, in 2003, found that men in the contemplation stage showed a little change in levels of empathy, communication skills, and levels of abuse as a result of treatment. But men in the preparation and action stage showed positive improvement in all these areas. Really? So remember, contemplation is you recognize the need to change, but you don't do anything. Yeah. So it's easy to pounce on someone where they're saying, yeah, I need to change. Right. But you may actually have more long-term success when they begin to make a plan and have decided to change. That's the preparation stage. So at that point, they have taken ownership and control and they're doing it. Okay. Yeah. So Talking to your husband about going into therapy is best done at a time when he recognizes the problem and expresses a desire to change. Mm-hmm. Might not always be possible. Mm-hmm. Right? So back to the, you know, in a physically abusive situation, you may need to propel him to that phase by calling police. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right? Yeah. Now, this is why I mentioned the reconciliation part early because, because abuse often happens in cycles of abuse and then repentance. When you confront him during the reconciliation phase... When he's actually promising to change, that might be the most effective time. 
just getting a that little change bit of a will actually happen. And then, yeah. Hmm. Another researcher or a group of researchers found that different types of intervention are appropriate to men at different stages in the cycle of change. Uh, so this can be a little bit helpful too. Men who are already in the idea, already on board, I should say, with the idea of changing. So they're in that preparation or action stage. They benefit more from CBT kind of interactions, thinking, beliefs, that sort of thing. Okay. Men who don't yet see the need to change are better off in counseling and motivational interventions, which can move them through the change process until they're motivated to change. Okay. Yeah. Now, when the right intervention was matched to the husband's stage of change readiness, the wives reported a reduction in physical aggression as a result. Hmm. It helped. Yeah. Yeah. So some of this might just be kind of studying and watching and kind of learning and then figuring out your timing, like being quite deliberate about that, right? Yeah. Now, last small thought is, are you as a wife ready for change? Because the cycle of change also applies to you as a wife. As you move from thinking that the abuse is unavoidable or that it's your fault towards deciding to take action. Mm -hmm. Now, you may not necessarily go through these steps linearly, but you can jump backwards and forwards during the process. But this is also something to be considered. Are you ready for change? And we go into this more uh, just for the sake of time. We've, We've put it in the bonus content. But there's more about how you can get yourself to a point where you're ready to confront your husband in that bonus content. So that's something that needs to be considered here as well. We just encourage you to download that free PDF. Sounds good. There's no catch in there. It's just how we do things here. Huh? There's no catch about going and getting the PDF like we're trying to upsell you. No, it's no. Just, that's where it's located. Yeah, so you have to go to get it. Yeah. So thank you to James and Joseph and Richard who became patrons between this recording and their previous one. We appreciate that. And a huge shout out to... And... uh just, I just think it's cool that we had three guys there that became patrons and like men taking initiative in their marriages. Oh. Good job, guys. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We had an iTunes review from yeah. EJB606. I look forward to hearing your new podcast each week. A lot of good ideas to help make marriage what it should be. I've recommended it to many. Keep up the good work. No, keep the good work going from EJB. Thank you. Thank you, EJ. So we're in the middle of some house reconstruction. Due to a plumbing flood. So we're just lightening the load a little. We're going every second week here on our production for a little bit. In our next episode, though, we're going to be talking about ADHD and marriage. Oh, cool. ADHD. Yes. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Sounds good. That's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 181. Find out how you can help marriages. Go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Belinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.